It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey, everybody. It's a Friday. Friday. It, it was supposed to be the original trio today, but Jay's not feeling well, so we wish him the best, feeling better. Happy birthday to my amazing son, Aaron. He's 10 years old today. Happy birthday, Aaron. Double digits. He will officially turn. Uh, what was that? That, just, I that was Earl saying oh, Aaron. Yeah, okay. th- that's what it sounds like when you, they, they tell you don't clap at graduation yeah. and you clap and scream anyway. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> it, he'll actually technically turn seven exactly uh, turn 10 exactly seven hours from now. He was born at 6.01 p.m. on Sunday, May 19th, 2013. Nice. Uh, and so he sell up. He's in school. He brought we were. So how about that? A couple of quickies. We got to tell you about what's going on with YouTube and a bunch of other things. So on Thursday or Wednesday, I go into, you know, crumble cookies. Love crumble. Cookies. Really good place. Big fan. Uh, I, their cookies are amazing, but I got one criticism of crumble cookies. I went in on Wednesday because my son on today wanted to bring in a little cookie for all of his classmates. What a good kid. Yeah, right. So I'm like, okay, great idea. So I go in on Wednesday and I'm like, so I need for Friday, I need 25 cookies. But I don't remember how many kids in the class. I need 25 little cookies uh, for for Friday. And they're like, oh, we can't do that. What? And I was like, what? (laughs) They're like, well, we need three days. I'm like, you need three days to make 25 little (laughs) cookies. That's all you do is make cookies. (laughs) <laughs> what happened here, Crumble Cookie? I love you. Maybe you, get a ni- you had a hundred from me. Now you're down to a ninety-eight because I can't get twenty-five little cookies. Maybe, so maybe, they're, wait, wait, maybe wait. they're so packed, yeah. they're so good that they have orders. They take that many. They're they, there's no way they don't have enough extra make dough to make twenty-five. Little, yeah, 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 come yeah. on now. I, 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 so what'd you do? So instead, I was like, maybe we'll get donuts. Maybe we'll get. He's like, how about Hershey bars? So we bought thirty. <laughs> Large Hershey bars. Nice. And he brought a, a Hershey bar for everybody, teachers included. So uh, good for having that today. And we got a fun weekend plan, a little birthday party, and uh, taking him and a couple of his buddies to, to Cedar Point on Sunday. Awesome. Oh, I wish cool. I had a birthday for us. Like, does, yeah, like how does that work with the, the – the, the, do they got to bring their money too? No, I'll, I'll take care of it. See, at Cedar Point? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it, it but I mean, be, it's not busy. like it's 50 kids. It's only two – it's Aaron and two friends. Okay. That's, That's a, a ten, you, know, you only turn 10 once. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, that. if I, – I would assume if, like, other friends of Aaron's have invited him to, like, a, a – not Cedar Point, but to other things. And, like, you know, yo, I always – I'm like, can I give you anything? But they always say, no. I, no, no, no listen. I, I feel like you take care of it as no, the, no, no, the no, father let, of the birthday. Here's kid. what you do. You always bring it. Hey, listen. This is uh, – I got lost somewhere. This is a 24 cab. If something happens – 
you figure it out. Here's <laughs> <laughs> his yeah. 20. Like, All right. yeah. All right, so Mike, give us a YouTube update here. Yeah, so we, a few more shout outs. Yeah, we've got a couple messages starting at the end of last week in the last few days that when people go back and watch the show, especially the live show, the full two hour thing, the audio syncrasy is off. Now we have a first off, we appreciate you guys alerting us because we don't go back and watch our own live show. We, we do it live. We only go back if we need to find something specific. So thank you for alerting us. And just an update for you. A, we have alerted our IT people, our IT people have found that it happens sometimes, it doesn't happen other times, which means it's not an us issue, it's a YouTube issue. So we've pinged YouTube, they are actively looking into it, and hopefully next week we'll have some sort of resolution for you guys. So appreciate your guys' patience, we apologize for the inconvenience, but we are aware, IT's aware, and literally YouTube, the powers that be that power all of this, are also aware of the issue and we are actively working to uh, sort that out. So once again, sorry from the whole UCSS crew, I know it's a pain in the butt to deal with that, but we are actively working on making that mm. back to normal and seamless for you guys to watch if you can't catch it live. So. All right. Very good. Good update there. You see Mike's on the panel. That means Anthony and Earl are behind the glass today. I mean, they're on behind the glass other days too, but Anthony leading the way today. And we got to talk about my best bet, right? Yeah, we got to talk about your bet of the day. As yeah. always, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Hey, Ohio, Bet Rivers Online Sportbook is the place to be for every single game. Now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportbook. When you deposit code SPORTS, you'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey. Fun game last night to help you win big. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Well, what are you going with today? All right, there you go. So I've hit my first slump in baseball year. I think I've dropped dropped four of my last five. Yeah. So we got to get back on track today. So bring up my picks. I got two games, two big favorites today. So I'm laying a run and a half with Arizona. Zach Gallen, the most underrated, or not underrated, but under the radar, good pitcher. Diamondbacks are having a tremendous season. They're probably the biggest surprise in baseball in terms of a positive surprise. Uh, they, I think, have the third best record in the National League right now behind only the Dodgers and the Braves. And I like them. The Pirates, have to, got off to a great start, have been collapsing. Also, the Astros tonight. Why not? It's against the A's. Speaking of the A's, remember before the season I said I thought they'd have a chance to the, break the record for the worst winning percentage in the history of baseball. Yes. The modern history of baseball, which was the 62 Mets, which were an expansion team. They were 40 and 120. Mm-hmm. Um, the A's are on pace to win less than 40 games. I saw the That's best crazy. stat of my life yeah. this morning. It was what teams currently would have to go throughout the rest of the season to break the Mariners' regular season win record. And the A's, you know how the Mariners won 116 games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What teams would have to go to then beat that? Yeah. The A's would have to go like 96 and 4. Or ninety six and seven, or, or some absurd number yeah, that yeah, is. That, that, and they said you have to go perfect. Like yeah. twenty games out, I think eighteen games. Eighteen's out, of, out first. of first place. They're dead. They're done. If they were in the American League East, they'd be I think twenty three games out already. By the way, the sixty two Mets. Now remember, in in sixty two, not only were there not three divisions, there were not even two, until it was sixty nine, I believe, was the first year they went to West and East. But in sixty two, it was just the American League and the National League. So obviously the the gap between the top and the bottom teams in those days is going to be bigger than it would be now because it's it was uh, in '62 it was probably I'm trying to think how many teams were in the National League then I want to say 12 whatever it was but you know how many games the Mets finished at a first you want to guess 30 39 G 
46. 60 and a half. <laughs> 60 and a half games out of first behind the Giants Damn, in that's 62. Crazy. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So those are the games today. I like those two games. Hopefully, we'll get back on track tonight. Anthony, we're getting some baseball. Oh, before we get to baseball talk in a minute, guys. I got to say, so um, uh, just two things. Uh, number one, uh, my, my Bet Rivers podcast this morning, I did talk about uh, obviously the NBA playoff. We, we'll get to that later, the NBA playoff game, because it was a really good, especially fourth quarter later. I even talked about the NHL playoff game, which I watched the first overtime and ended in four overtimes with 13 seconds left in the fourth overtime. Sixth longest game in the history of the NHL. Playoff hockey's awesome. It is. It is. And then, um, anyway, so check it out. But, uh, but where was I going with this? Oh, I wanted, I'm sorry. I wanted to hit on one more thing real quick before we get to baseball. Because yesterday, I talked about, like, Juan Thornhill, you know, I, compl- I, I don't like him complaining about, oh, there's negativity in Cleveland. And all, so between the reaction to that and the reaction to me saying, that most teams that I would take Trevor Lawrence over Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson if I was starting a team from scratch. So the usual suspects, my man Cam, my man Xavier P, both of them are losing their minds on Twitter over this because every 18 seconds, Cam sends a tweet out about how Deshaun (laughs) Watson has the greatest completion percentage of all time, the greatest hits of all time. There's no context. Half the things he puts on there, I think he's making up. I don't know. But he puts no context behind anything. We love Cam, though. I love him. He's awesome, but he's insane. He's insane <laughs> and great at the same time. But anyway, they were so worked up about this. Listen, I believe in Watson. I think he's going to turn it around. I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that if they had their choice, forget contract, I'll ignore contract, because obviously Trevor Lawrence is making way less money than Watson. Forget contract, but everything else counts. I don't think there's a team in the NFL, including the Browns, that would take Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, you feel free to disagree. I'm convinced Trevor Lawrence obviously was better last year. He's significantly younger. He has no off-field baggage. And he doesn't have the injury history than Watson has. Watson, and they both have one playoff win in their careers, and Lawrence has played less. Again, this is coming from a guy who thinks Watson's going to be really good this year. Really good. But I don't think there's a team in football that would take uh, Watson over Lawrence if they had their choice. Money aside. Gene, do you disagree? Maybe the Browns. Yeah, I don't believe that. No, the Browns would never admit that. Of course. Look, we put them on a on a pedestal, right? Like, you know, like I said yesterday, I mean, to your – I mean, we had three quarterbacks in there. I yeah. thought it was uh, Deshaun Watson. It was Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and, and Lamar. And Lamar. Yeah. So people could say if you wanted to pick – now, there's a lot of people that could be mad as hell about the Lamar comment. I would expect it. 
I was leaning toward more towards Lamar Jackson than the rest of them. Lamar Jackson to me is like, I mean, he's won an MVP. I can't, I can't knock that, bro. I can understand if you say, well, he'd be injured. Okay, that's great. Um, but some people could say Trevor Lawrence. Listen, he played well one year, and that was last year. That was it. And uh, that that's the only. But it's only one out of two. It's not like it's one out of eight. I, I and mean, one out of two with Urban Meyer as your head coach in the first yeah, one, I mean, which I think we could completely scrap from the record. Yeah, board. it's fair that Watson and Jackson have had more good NFL seasons than uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's fair, and that's the that's really the only argument at this point. I, I wouldn't because. Lawrence is younger, mm-hmm. less injury prone, less injured, and was better than both of those guys last year. But we do have a smaller sample size. That's fair. That's true. And if Trevor Lawrence can't back it up this year, maybe maybe we have this conversation next yeah. year. And I have a different opinion, right? That, you know, a year ago, a year ago, Aaron Rodgers would have still been on the first tier because he had just won an MVP the year before. Yeah. And now we're like, well, he didn't have a good year last but, year, but, and he's older, so we're we're but, knocking him down. Here's the thing: yeah. if 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 I would have said that. Or somebody else would have said that yeah. they wouldn't really even have took it like that. You know the reason they'd be saying that. No, the, but Cam, the, Cam and Xavier P, they're my guys. They I mean, are. I'm, they, I'm friendly but, with those but, guys. But they are. But here's the thing: the reason yeah. they say that to you is because yeah. it, it, they're fine with you until you say something that they don't like, and then it's easy <laughs> as hell to be like, "He's a Bengals. He likes the Cubs." Yeah. No. So, so, so that's yes in general. In general, I, Cam right? and Xavier P don't do that stuff, but. Again, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a hell of a season. I am very confident he's going to bounce back. But I think I think Watson and Lawrence are both going to be excellent, and one guy's younger and has no baggage and has no injury history. One thing Cam does say a lot, and then we'll move on to baseball. Yeah, that I do Cam agree a lot of time. That I do agree with. Yeah, Cam's right on this. We yeah. don't need Watson to be a, a copy and paste replica of 2020 Houston Watson for the Browns to be successful this year. Well, like they we only won four games, so yeah, not his But numbers. but his numbers. Like we don't yeah. need necessarily well, no, no, don't have to be that we don't high, need no. 4900 yards and 35 touchdowns for him to win. But it's got to be pretty close. Games. He has to be good. But like I don't think we need 4900 yards and 35 oh, touchdowns people, for the Browns to win. I've already done told y'all. <laughs> Stop playing around with me. I put the expectations out there. I need that. I need 4,849. Listen, if I had Baker Mayfield and we was talking about we don't need Baker to be that great and then we decided we was going to trade three first-round picks, no, I want that all of a sudden. That's now. right. That's right. <laughs> I need that Cam, now. Cam and Mike right now embarrassing themselves. No, because you got, you got Nick Four, Chubb. You got other weapons. Don't tell weapons. me about Nick Chubb. You okay. have so many weapons on this team that you don't need. Right, you, don't you don't need 40. You, you know why you do? You no. know why you do? Have you looked at the other quarterbacks in the AFC? <laughs> yeah, but they have so many this, options on offense. NFC right no, now? but they have so many options no, on offense have, to score. So points. does Kansas City. So does Buffalo. And so does Cincinnati. So does Jacksonville. He, he can throw, so do the Deshaun Chargers. Deshaun Watson can throw for 4,000 yards and 30, they win nothing. 30 touchdowns. And, and they, they can go still win in the first round. No, there's, no, their defense is much better. On you're, paper. You're, we haven't seen it. Smoke. I mean, that's like... Yes, like we haven't seen it, but at the same time, we don't know for a fact. Though, again, those teams are proven. Y- yes. Proven. And, and we've seen Watson do what he did in Houston. Yes, and we have not seen him do that in Cleveland, which yeah. is fair. You just said which he didn't have fair. to throw all those touchdowns, and then when you said it now, what, if he throws 35, you just said 35 touchdowns. I'm saying that, but. If Deshaun well, Watson. G. Bush had said, and this is what. Cam said, we need the 2020 version of Watson for them to compete. Yes, in that neck of the woods. Absolutely. Not, I, not I, for I, the, at, at least. Not for the, they don't need that to, com- to 
to maybe get that's to what the I'm saying to compete. For if them you to want be, to compete for a Super Bowl, yes, you need that to show up. We're having two different discussions. Yeah, there. Having, I'm saying to compete in the, the realm AFC that we think they can compete is in. Loaded. I'm with you. Loaded. I'm with you. You I'll have do. to be great. You can't just if he puts up Baker Mayfield stats. No, that's not good. They're enough. not going to the no, playoffs. No, but there's a difference in 2020 Baker Mayfield or. Whatever Baker's best so year was in 2020. Give me, give me them stats. That's what he got to do. Give me the stats. If he throws for 4,200 yards and 31 touchdowns. Well, that's not that far off than what we're talking let, let about. G, well, the uh, analogy G's using, I hate to keep throwing this back to G, but G yeah. was like, I need 5,000 yards and 40-plus touchdowns. I need five racks. I'm I, sorry. I don't think – I think that is pushing the limit. If he does that, <laughs> the Browns are winning the Super Bowl. And they year. gave him another year. He got another game By the way, than he, he had back then back then. That's still silly. Even if he throws for 5,000 5, yards and 35 touchdowns, they could still lose in the first round of the playoffs. That's how – so could Kansas City. So could yeah. Cincinnati. The, 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 what people don't understand is the year ba- – the AFC between the year Baker got to the playoffs and now – it's a million, day. Yes. a million times better. Night and day. A million times better. Because Herbert, Herbert wasn't even really playing. Herbert was like a rookie. That he was next a rookie. Year. Burrow was a rookie. Mahomes was just starting to become elite, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's uh, totally different. I, I get the that. Jets, I don't you. know how good Rodgers is going to be still, but the Jets are way better. Yes. If Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins are good. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. On too. and on. What if? What if uh, what's his name? Uh, Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson to play like Russell Wilson and again. There's that's a, a lot maybe of, also. Yes. Jacksonville, way better. Yes. And I'm not saying that. And he, that's without this division where we know that at worst, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to be compete. decent. I'm not saying he could be a, a bum and them compete, but yeah. I think there's a vast difference from having one of, statistically speaking, one of the greatest seasons ever for a quarterback. Yeah. I think he was the second highest QBR in the history that PFS has been tracking, which I know is yeah. not the end all be all stats. Yeah. I, I understand it's PFF grade, right? That's, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, which I know is not the end-all be-all, but it's a historically great season in right. certain contexts. I don't think he needs to be. Isn't it funny that the guy had one of the greatest seasons ever and they didn't win? Again, I don't think that's his I know. fault. I know. But it is funny. It that, is. That, they I were 4-12. and, 12 it, and, on, and It's so odd that that would have happened. But my point is we don't need historically great Deshaun Watson. Other words, now he could be historically great in context of what Browns quarterbacks have done. Yeah, I would like to see him have the, the best Browns season the Browns can't quarterback. can't win the Super Bowl. Unless he's forget very, the, very forget good. Forget the exact stats. The Browns can't win the Super Bowl unless Deshaun Watson plays at an MVP caliber level. Fair. They will not win the Super Bowl Fair. without that because it, in other years they could have. They could if if Deshaun Watson played at ba- a, a little above Baker in 2020 and the Browns were in the NFC, you might be able to get to the Super Bowl that way if that, the defense is great. If the Browns but not were in the, this AFC, if the Browns were in the NFC right now. Yeah, they could have Baker level That's, Watson that, and that make is the Super why Bowl. that is why we I was yeah. so hot before because people said, oh, see, sometimes when you when you're in a fan base, you don't realize that you you, you could take advantage of certain things, right? Yeah. You could take advantage of the fact that the AFC was not as good as it is. And when you see a guy like Patrick Mahomes go into the locker room, he's gone the whole second half. Yeah. You're like, dude, this is your shot. Yeah. Are you going to are you going to seize it or are you going to just be the Browns? They just turned out to be the Browns. And then you thought, well, look, we're going to be back there. We'll look at this team. No, it don't work that way, man. Now you look at three, just three years later, this, the climate is, is completely different. Completely now different. now yeah. you're going to have to play the best you've ever seen. You may see the Browns be the best team you've ever seen in your life, and you still might not even make it to the AFC Championship game. That's very true. That, uh, that's yeah. how tough the AFC it's, is. It's a gauntlet. That's, Top to bottom. That's it. It's so hard right now. That, and that's why ultimately, you know, it's old news at this point, but that's why ultimately G and I and some others were talking about you have to get rid of Baker because he's 
the way the AFC was trending, you couldn't compete with it. With you, had a the guy you had a ceiling with Baker. Yes. And that ceiling was maybe first round one playoff win. Right. With Watson, the so, ceiling is win a Super Bowl. So can I just a, don't think you need historically, unbelievably, otherworldly Watson to reach that ceiling with the rest of the roster constructed. As yeah, I, I just, you know, this, the problem is, the, so where, what do you think? The Browns have the best roster in the, in the AFC? They, they don't. Have, I think they have one of the three or four best rosters, yeah. Okay, maybe they they but ultimately the other teams you're competing against have quarterbacks that have been playing at an elite level for the last few years yeah. where Watson hasn't. That's a big difference. And you're doing it based on hope and like this idea that yeah. I do think have, the Browns have a good roster and I think they could potentially be amongst the three or four best teams in the AFC. But I to definitively say, oh, they're definitely one of the three or four best rosters. I just don't buy that because <clears throat> the other teams in that group have proven it the last few years. The Browns and, have not. And so they, they got the same guys. Like, right. like say, for instance, exactly. if you look at if you go at Josh Allen or you look at Burrow, like they've done that two years, three years with guys, and it's the same people. It's the same yeah. offenses. Right. Like we hoping that Deshaun Watson, hey, by week six is clicking. Like we haven't seen and, and let's be truthful. In my lifetime, we have not seen a prolific offense. No, nope. ever. Like it's nope. like it's been middling. It's too and, and on defense. Yeah, obviously it looks a lot better now than it did last year. But it's a lot of new faces. There's just like whole, you're talking and that, about. And that it's is going to take some time to come together. And that is totally. And I'm right. Not, so to put them in that class with those top teams is is, so, is just. I mean, not I, I think the three. Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Yeah. That, that that is in, in to me right those now. Those three are by themselves. I think I think you put the Browns in that next category. Exactly. And even that to some degree is being generous because they didn't play at that level last but, year. But, but all but the I teams in that category in that, have question marks. Yeah. Right. I think in that next group they're with Jacksonville. Yes. The Chargers. The Jets. The Jets and Miami. Yep. But, that, but those teams all have equally as agreed. Yep. Agreed. Question but marks. those teams were all better than the Browns last year. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they I, all yeah, the, I mean, the Jets were right in the, the same The Jets and the Browns yeah. were about the same, yeah. right? So those teams are in that next group, all trying to get to the Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City group. And all of those teams, I think, could potentially get there. And I definitely think the Browns are one of those teams that could potentially get there and maybe have the most upside along with Jacksonville because of, of their quarterbacks to me. Very interesting. It's but very but we got to see it. But I'm not putting them in that group until they prove it on the field. And, it, it, there you go, G. No, and, yeah. and this is why it's very important for the Browns. Like so many, so many times we see the Browns get to a point where it's almost like they're out of it before they even start. It's like they can't lose a bunch of games and then be like, all right, well, the middle of the schedule is easy. Yeah, so right. now well, they yeah. got to win five or six. No, like right, they're in that situation all the time. Every yeah. year they're in yeah. that situation. And it's too, the, 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 the division is too good for that. Yeah. I can understand if our division was the, the AL Central. Right. right. This was the, well, AL the Central. AFC South, where Jacksonville's complaining against a bunch of scrubby yeah, teams. Yeah, Tennessee. Still a 9 and 8 won the division. Yes. Right. If we were in those divisions, boom, I would say great. Now it's it's just it just seems like they're 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 up against it. They yeah. got to be ready to go week one. And and you're yeah, right. This, and and my, my point is, Bull, yeah. it for them to compete this year. And when I say compete, I'm talking make about the playoffs. They better make the playoffs this year. No, what is compete? Define compete. To me, is be in the hunt for an AFC championship. I think putting Super Bowl aspirations on this team is too early. 
but also just saying, that's, hey, that's very vague. But if, if, but, it, but you have like they have to win, win a playoff game. If you year. win in if you win an AFC championship game and you're playing against an NFC team, yeah, you automatically got a shot. It, 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 yeah, I mean Philadelphia yeah. gave you the favorite. Really San, San Francisco good. Really good. Really good. San Francisco is really good, but you got a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but you're okay. So your argument is that they need to win a playoff game this year. Do the Brown can the Browns win? Well, it, it, you might have to win two. I mean, I'm going to say they, they have to win a playoff game this year. Okay. Or I look at the season as a failure. Okay. So to, for the Browns to win a playoff game, Deshaun Watson doesn't have to. He, does, he doesn't have to have the second greatest PFF grade for a quarterback ever. Of course not. That's what I've been saying this whole time. I mean, that's, that's literally what I've been saying the whole time. Well, we can no. have we can have 80% of that Watson and this Browns team be as good as we think they actually can be. Could we they, don't need 100% Watson at right. his absolute greatest. To, to 80% of that Watson can for be. For them to be a legitimate team to, to win a Super Bowl and win more than one playoff game, uh, Watson's going to have to play close to that level of play. He's got to play it, at an MVP level. I, and, feel, I feel like we're saying the same thing in different And, and, and most all, isn't when you look at the individual years for MVPs, aren't usually those MVPs at a historical level? All of them. Eh. I mean, like well, Lamar year. Jackson was a, like a weird historical yeah, level. Like right? because, yeah. because of what he was doing on the ground, right? Yeah. You look at historical level, I could look at Tom Brady a couple years ago. These yeah. guys are all yeah. – if you win an MVP or close to the MVP, yeah. you're talking 5,000 yards. Yeah, or at least talking, high 4,000s, all the 30 yeah. touchdowns. 30, 35, 36 completion, per, completion percentage way so, high so in the all, top of the so league. So all of those dudes, are, if you win MVP, you are playing at a historical level. Now – in my situation, I look at it like, yeah. hey, guess what? If you got, if you get a guy like Deshaun Watson, and you say he plays at an all-time level, and you can get home field advantage, that can that that helps you tremendously. Because other than that, you're playing on the road. You saw yeah. I got to win three road games yeah. against historical greatest teams of all time. Right, like. That's tough to do. Right. So I'll take that during the regular season. Yeah. If they're going to put themselves in a position I mean, to, to be to get a home field game. I mean, the Chiefs just lost last year, lost one of the greatest receivers ever, ever and still won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Still won the Super Bowl. With just a tight end. With a bunch of guys. But and I was great. And Kelsey, obviously, Hall of Famer. Their wide receivers were a bunch Nobody. of decent players. Nobody. Decent guys. That's it. All right. We were going to talk baseball to start. We are going to get to baseball with Tim Kirchin. Let's. First, send it to Anthony. Yeah, what guys, you got, Anthony? talk about Watson having a phenomenal season. I know he's going to because I know Watson eats built bars. That's true. And you can eat built bars too if you use code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. We love them here. I have one for breakfast every morning. Watson has them, and the whole offense is eating them right now on vacation. Go check out Built Bar. And yeah. without further ado, we want to bring in our guest. Never mind. He just walked away from the camera. Uh, <laughs> I will get to Tim Kirch in a minute. Are you guys excited that uh, Deshaun – I know we're going to talk about this later, but we just had a big conversation. So, Deshaun Watson working out with his teammates. How excited are we about I that? know Jay's excited. There Jay's was hyped. proof. Yes. Yeah. There was proof Deshaun Watson is working out. Yeah. He is doing calisthenics. <laughs> he, he, I was they, never worried about They that. have the, the snap countdown. They, they know what he sounds like under center. I think uh, I think a lot of people are excited. Yeah, it, the thing with this whole Watson trip, like, I'm not sure if every quarterback's taking their offensive teammates to a tropical destination like he's done the last two years. They're all putting in offseason work together. But it is good to see video proof. <laughs> not that we had any doubt, but just good to silence anyone. I think Jay who, had doubt. Just to silence anyone who had a single 
question that Deshaun Watson wasn't putting in work this offseason. There is video proof of him doing it. Yeah. He's by working way, with his teammates. They're all by the way, there's no proof, together. There's no proof that he's working harder than he should be or whatever. Like, a couple of videos doesn't mean anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume Deshaun Watson is working as hard as he needs to. Yeah. Uh, videos don't – lack of videos don't disprove it. Videos don't prove it. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's working his ass off yeah. because if he's as – uh, if he's as much a dog as I think he is, he's he's embarrassed he by played. the way he performed yeah. last year. Totally agree. And he wants to go shut everybody up that's dissing him. I, I, there was some idiot on Twitter yesterday, I don't know who it was, who uh, I, when I said that Deshaun Watson stunk last year, this guy went on Twitter and was like, why is why is Bull saying Deshaun stunk and why did nobody call, call him out on that? He was terrible. He was not yeah, he was And not he either. wants to, to, to shut all these people up and, you know, I, 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 the only I, way you're gonna do it is with great play. And, and hopefully, what we can do is yeah. once once she, he comes out and plays at that MVP level, we can then move into the the, the same world of that's right. solid teams, just like ever. Nobody is looking for Josh Allen on a yep. beach somewhere. That's no right. One, yep. No one's that's hanging right. out yep. with Joe. That's right. No one's, you got to prove it on the field. When you that's prove it, it everybody, all of us will shut up, and we'll just we could just be like, yeah, we'll see what happens this year in 2024. Okay, we've got Tim Kirchin of ESPN, the Guardians, with a three-game series with the with the uh, Mets, Mets this weekend. Our old buddy will face our old buddy Carlos Carrasco, and there's the great Tim Kirchin of ESPN. Tim, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm well, fellas. How you doing? We're doing very well. By the way, Tim, I worked with your son, Jeff, at the radio station here in Cleveland for, for a number of years. So Jeff, how- Jeff is really misses Cleveland. He had a great time there. He went to Las Vegas after that. Now he's in Philadelphia, and he's doing really, really well. But he enjoyed his time in Cleveland, and... I don't know if you guys know this, but the first year he was there, the Cavs won the NBA championship. Yeah, and, right. and the Indians went to the World Series. Then did. he went to Vegas, and the Golden Knights, if that's what they're called, went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow. And then he went to Philadelphia, and the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, and the Phillies went to the World Series. My son is clearly a good luck charm. <laughs> I've had people like call me from Seattle and say, can your son move here? Because good <laughs> things happen when he arrives. Well, just don't let him go to New York. Even though I'm a born and raised New Yorker, I don't like any of the New York teams, and I want them all to lose. So please keep him out of New York. That's it. Philadelphia is fine. Okay, very good. <laughs> Tim, a uh, lot to get to with the Guardians. Obviously... They've had a very disappointing start to, to this season. Uh, a lot of the young players that performed last year have not gotten it done. Uh, they added Mike Zanino at catcher. He's been a disaster. Let's start there at catcher. Bo Naylor is killing it in AAA right now. He had a cup of coffee last year. Didn't do well, but it was a, he got barely any at-bats. Are you surprised? You know, they called up Tanner Bybee. They called up Logan Allen. They've been more aggressive with bringing up their minor leaguers and not waiting not being scared to start the clock. Are you surprised that they haven't gone with Bo Naylor? Because their catching production, both offensively and defensively, has been awful. Yeah, the defense is the worrisome part because Mike Zanino's always been a good defensive catcher. But those shoulder issues, I was told in spring training, are really bothersome to him. And if you can't throw these days, especially – with more stolen bases, bigger bases, you know, the whole pick rule and all that stuff. 
I think you're in a little trouble. Now, we also know Zanino, he can get really hot, and he can hit six homers in a week. That's how good he can be when he's swinging it. But but when he's not, he hits under 200 and doesn't get on base very much either. So, yes, at times, you know, the, 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 the Guardians are going to have to look at this and say, all right, are we getting enough production? Do we have to make a move? I think Zanino gets a little more time. You know, Tim, you know, I asked, uh, you know, Bull and some of the baseball guys, Jay, um, you know, when we look at this, this, uh, you know, the roster and how the Guardians are always able to find a pitcher. They, they're always able to develop pitching. They, you know, as soon as they leave, you know, we've been talking about uh, Bieber, um, maybe uh, trading him to get, get a bat or get something in return from him. One of the things that we're getting is, hey, you, you take a look at the guys that they are able to develop. They can do it when it comes to pitching, but when it comes to, uh, you know, power bats or guys in the corner outfield, why is it that they're so able and adept at, at developing pitching, but it doesn't seem like they've been able to develop power bats when it seems like it would be more difficult to develop pitchers than hitters? Yeah, they're really good at bringing pitchers in. And obviously, they have to get Tristan McKenzie, they got to get Savali back, they got to get their pitching straight now. Because right now, they are a really weak offensive team. Fellas, you know this. They've hit 24 homers the whole season. The Rays have hit more than three times as many homers as the Guardians have hit. The team's hitting 228. They're second to the last in the league in run scored. And we all know they don't have a particularly powerful lineup. But last year, they figured out ways to score runs. They stole bases. They put the ball in play like no other team. And it's possible some other teams have recognized this is how they score runs. We are going to try to combat that. Well, they need so, a lot of help offensively if they're going to run down, you know, the Twins in that division. I think they should feel great that they've played this poorly and they're yeah. still only three and a half games behind the Twins. The pitching is going to get much better. The bullpen is fine. They're just going to have to get some people going. And those guys you talked about last year, you know, Jimenez and Rosario, guys who were really good last year and haven't been nearly as good, they're going to have to pick it up if they're going to make it back to the playoffs this year. Tim, I'm filling in for uh, Jay Crawford today. Jay woke up with a migraine, but he wanted me to send a hello, and he misses you from uh, your guys' days together at ESPN. So that is my message from Jay Crawford. Do you have a Jay story, by the way, before I get into my uh, question? Yeah, I, w- I will tell you that Jay was a dear friend of mine. We went to the ba- – we went to- we did a, uh, a show in, like, Phoenix or something doing the Giants, and Jay still plays baseball at a pretty high level. So he jumped in against a pitching machine, throwing, it was at least 85. It might have been 90. And he said, I can hit this. And I'm thinking, Jay's a good ball player. He's a good athlete. I'm not disputing. I said, I'm not sure he can hit 90. And after about three pitches, he hit a bullet. He hit a rocket. And I said, all right, there's Jay Crawford for you. And... Uh, <laughs> And I played catch with him a few times. He can throw a baseball. So it's always good to find someone who's in the business, who's actually played at least one of the games. It's not necessary to have played in order to be a good writer, analyst, reporter, but it sure helps if you have played before, if you know what 90 miles an hour looks like, and Jay Crawford does. Jay talks about his playing days all the time, so I'm glad we got some real <laughs> confirmation yeah. that he actually does know how to throw. Uh, Tim, my real question is this. You, you've been covering Major League Baseball forever. You've interacted, and you know these managers better than we can ever imagine. 
What makes Terry Francona so different and so special and so successful as a manager in today's game? Yeah, he's he's just got a great feel for people, and that's the most important thing about being a manager. You have to know what button to push on this guy, because every guy has a different button, and he needs it pushed at different times, and Tito has always, always figured out how to do that with his players, and that is a gift that he has and a lot of people don't. He used to tell me that he would play cribbage before games all the time. As you guys know, he played with Dustin Pedroia. He played with Jonathan Papelbon, who was so bad at it. They let him in the game, and as Tito said, I, I got a new finished basement built because all the money I won from Papelbon <laughs> playing cribbage before the game. But he told me, you can learn a lot about a baseball player, what he might do on the field, by watching him and playing cribbage with him before the game. I've never heard a manager say it quite like that, but that's T Tito's greatest gift is his ability to deal with people. And of course, his ability to deflect attention away from his team when things aren't going poorly. Now, I hope this comes across properly. If it doesn't, I apologize. Years ago, no, I'm not even going to tell the story. I'll get in trouble, so forget it. I just, I just you want go. you to know that Tito is the absolute best at meeting people, recognizing what they can do and they can't do, and it's always self-deprecating on his part to yeah. deflect the attention away from his players so they can go out and play. Tim, when you look at – the Guardians are really interesting, right? They've got a loaded 40-man roster. They've got – a ton of these middle infield prospects that don't really have room to play. They did extend Jimenez. Rosario is going to be gone at the end of the year. I assume they're going to trade Shane Bieber this offseason because he's got one year left and they're not going to lock him up at this point, especially with he's, he's not pitching that well, but they, they couldn't afford him if he was. And yet they, they, they have some obvious needs. We've talked, you know, right field, certainly potentially catcher if Bo Naylor ends up not being the long-term answer. What are you expecting from them in terms of trades? I know some of it has to do with how well they're playing, but what 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 does the next year would you say look like in terms of what they're going to do in trades? Well, they're in a tricky spot, yeah, because they're in, they're in a lousy division. The Royals are really bad. Yeah. The Tigers aren't very good. The White Sox look terrible these days, yeah. and the Twins are are a decent club. So it's very difficult for the Guardians, who made the playoffs last year, to be within shoot, uh, shouting distance of first place and in their division, a chance to make the playoffs and then punt at the end of July. I just right. don't see that happening. I don't think they should do that. If they have a chance to make the playoffs and you can win in the playoffs with great pitching, if their pitching is really good, I think they have to stay with it and not deal until they are absolutely certain yeah. that they're not making the playoffs this year. And I think in a weak division like this, I think they're going to be in the race all year because I just Agreed. don't see a team good enough to pull away. You know, Tim, we talked about, uh, you, you know, trades and different things. Uh, we were in here just, you know, playing around one day. We're doing a show, and I said, look, why don't you just, why don't you just trade for Otani, right? Like, just, you know, just, just pack up, pack up your little prospects. Well, the I, Angels are doing pretty well right now. I know, I know the they're, you know, at the time, I'm like, but, but is there two, is there, is there a big enough package or, 
I, I would trade anybody for him, right? Even if it was a rental for six, six or seven, eight months, right? Um, when you look at his talent level, do you believe that, you know, A, there are teams out there that have enough that would trade for him, or B, is, is there no package that's big enough for him based on what he can give you? Yeah, I don't think the Indians have a big enough package now to trade for a guy who's only going to be there for a few months. That doesn't mean they don't need him. They could put a package together, but it wouldn't make any sense if it took six guys to get him and he plays three months and leaves. I mean, that's the potential. So you can't do that if you're the Guardians. And my guess is, and I saw Otani yesterday in Baltimore, he hit another home run. He's so unbelievably good that I think the Angels are going to do everything they can to hang on to him and try to convince him to stay. Now, the only way or the best way that's going to happen is for them to stay in the playoff race, and they have an outside chance to make the playoffs. If they can convince him, hey, we made the playoffs, we're going to give you $600 million to stay, you can pitch You can hit here. You love pitching on this mound. You love hitting in this ballpark. Trust me, fellas, Otani's comfort level is really important about, like, he doesn't necessarily like to hit at Dodger Stadium. Look at his numbers at Yankee Stadium. They're not particularly good. He's not going to go to a place where he doesn't feel 100% comfortable. So I think the Angels at least have an outside chance to keep him And that's why I don't think they're going to trade him before the trade deadline unless they are hopelessly out of it. And then the packages that could come in would be amazing. But they're going to have to come from a team that is also willing to pay him 500 to 600 million dollars because they're not going to give up six players to get him for three months. Yeah, by the way, I think he'd look really good at Wrigley Field. Um, (laughs) Slide uh, Tim, <laughs> is that the number? Is it six hundred million? Is that what it? I mean, you have to. He's a great pitcher and a great hitter, right? I mean, it, could it be even over six hundred million? I don't know. I mean, there's not. I don't know. Was that the guess? Any, anything is possible. We've never seen this guy before ever. Yeah. I mean, this is Babe Ruth in nineteen twenty. Yeah. By the way, if we if we let Babe Ruth in nineteen twenty pitch, you know, and be the DH six days a week. He would be doing what Otani did. I really believe that. He wouldn't be throwing 100 with a slider from hell and everything else, but he would be doing – not the point. The point is we've never seen anyone like Otani. So if you break it down, and this is way too simplistic, if he were just a hitter, he would get close to $300 million a year. If he were just a hitter, he would get close to $300 million a year. Put them together, that's 600. That's guess. We're all guessing, but – If you're a team that needs somebody to change the course of your franchise, who better than him? Yeah. Tim, you're on the call this Sunday for Sunday Night Baseball, Guardians, Mets. When you guys travel and and do these productions, what makes coming to Cleveland and Progressive Field such a unique experience? All right. Well, I'm not on the call. I'll be doing baseball tonight uh, from Bristol on Sunday. No worries. Uh, The answer is... I love coming to Cleveland, period. Not just because my son used to work there, but because I love that ballpark. I love being around Tito and his team. And there's no substitute for being at the ballpark. So, And I've been to Cleveland so many times. <laughs> Opening day, 1982, the Indians were... 
were terrible at the time. And my team that I covered, the Rangers, were awful also. And the Rangers beat them on opening day, and there were 74,000 people in Cleveland on opening day 1982. And then the next day, there were like 3,000 people there. It was one of the great drop-offs I've ever seen. And by the way, opening day 82, George Wright of the Rangers, a rookie center fielder, went three for four against the Indians on opening day. So I went up to him and I said, George, did you have a good time today? And he goes, yeah, I've never been to a major league game before. So <laughs> the first game he'd ever been to in his life, he got three hits in it. Think That's about crazy. that for a second. That's crazy. That is incredible. Uh, Tim, I, I want to I ask you about Shane Bieber because he's pitching this weekend, obviously. And he's coming off his worst start. He gave up a ton of hits. His velocity's been down all year. How concerned should Guardians fans be about Shane Bieber right now? Um, Mildly concerned because his stuff is too good to get hit around, at least on the level that he is now. I thought he was, and I still do think he's a Cy Young contender going into the season. What I've always been so impressed by, at least according to the people I've talked to, is he'll come back from the offseason and suddenly he's got a slider or suddenly he's got a split or suddenly he's got a different look to his changeup or whatever. So he invents stuff as he goes. And I'm just not sure um, that creativity is still there. Now I fully expect him to have a really good year and let's face it, fellas, he's got to have a really good year. And then everyone else has to fall in line. As we talked about, you got to get some people healthy in that rotation. Otherwise the guardians are in trouble. Bieber has to be great if they're going to make the playoffs. And I think he will be. He just had a little bit of a hiccup his last time out. Tim, it, another team in this division, you mentioned the White Sox. They, they've just, you know, they made all these trades a few years ago. They got all these young players. Some of them have not panned out. They've had a lot of injuries. It seems like they have weird chemistry, bad defense. But they have a lot of chips potentially at the trade deadline they probably have the most chips. So whether it's Dylan Cease, whether it's Moncada, Tim Anderson, are you expecting them to be big sellers at this deadline? Again, Jerry Reinsdorf, their owner, is so wildly competitive. He, he lost a game yesterday, I was told by someone who was there, and he was furious that they lost to the Guardians yesterday because they had built a tiny bit of momentum and then didn't right. follow it up. I don't see Jerry Reinsdorf hunting on this season until he's absolutely convinced that the White Sox have no chance to make the playoffs. Right now, they have no chance to make the playoffs, but we have to see where they are two months from now. And then you're right. Um, Lance Lynn might go somebody somewhere. Uh, Moncada could help somebody. Tim Anderson could help anybody. Uh, I, I would be surprised if they were to trade Dylan Cease. That guy's stuff is fantastic, even though he hadn't been great this year. But if they're interested in you know, contending long-term. They have to keep Cease. They have to keep their best players and try again next year. But this year is not over. It's really never over in this division when with no dominant team. Speaking of teams who uh, may not have a chance, Tim, the Oakland A's are... The worst team I've ever seen. There's something else. You know, we'll we'll put it that way. Bull told me before the year they had the worst roster he had ever seen. I said they were going to break the Mets, you know, right, the 62 Mets were 40 and 120. They're on pace for about 35, 37 wins now. Yeah, I guess my question is, Tim, is this the worst Major League Baseball team you've ever come across? 
Well, you guys got to remember, as a beat guy for 10 years, I covered the 88 Orioles, Ooh, yeah. who lost oh, yeah. their first 21 games mm. to start the season. No, no team had lost more than 14 in a row to start. <laughs> yeah. they, they went to 21. So after 18 in a row, Frank Robinson, great Indian, great Indian manager, <laughs> He took the writers out to dinner. I, th I just think he needed to change the subject. So during dinner at 0 and 18, I say to Frank, I said, Frank, has anyone interesting called you during this losing streak? And he said, yeah, the president called me today. <laughs> so Frank was a big kidder. So I pushed him three times on it. I said, did the president call? You said, damn it, the president of the United States called me today. I said, Frank, what did he say? He said, Frank, I know what you're going through. And Frank said, Mr. President, you got no idea what I'm going through. <laughs> That's how bad the Orioles were. Now, they only, lo only lost 107 games that year. I think the A's are going to lose more than that. But I'm not going to 40 and 120. That's no. a little bit too much. But it, it, to be serious for a second, this is not healthy when no. any team is no. this bad. All right. As you guys know, one of the great beauties of baseball is that bad teams beat good teams all the time. Yep. No bad team ever came in and beat LeBron's whatever Cavalier team when they were really good, came into Cleveland Arena, whatever it's called, and beat them. That just doesn't happen in basketball, and it doesn't happen nearly as often in football. But in baseball, bad teams go on the road and, and sweep a good team. Every once in a while, you go, how did that happen? Well, the A's can't do that. It's like an upset when they win a baseball game or certainly a series. And that's very unhealthy when the yeah. gap, which I've never seen a gap wider between the really good teams and really bad teams, which we see today. And I repeat, that is not healthy for the game. Yeah. You know, we, we go to the, the historically, you know, bad to the historically good in the, the American League East. Um, the, the, you know, is led by the Rays. I mean, they, they jump out to one of the best starts that we've seen in a long time. Um, how good Red is Sox in last place four games over 500. How They'd good tied is tied for first in the that's century. crazy bull. Yeah, how yeah. good Tim is, is this division American and Lee East? Yeah, it's the best division in baseball by far. There's a bad team in every division in baseball except the AL East and it is filled with with plus 500 teams. And if the Red Sox were in the Central, of course, in the American League, they'd be in first place. I think they'd be the best team in the National League Central right now also. And I said at the beginning of the year, not like that matters, what I say at the beginning of the year, but I thought three teams from the AL East would make the playoffs like last year. And it's possible, unlikely but possible, four teams can make the playoffs out of the American League East this year. Again, I saw the Orioles yesterday. They are loaded with talent. The Blue Jays are loaded. The Yankees are 12 and, uh, 11 and 5 in May. They finally started to put it together. And the Rays are off to a historically good start. So I think the Red Sox are going to end up finishing last in that division. I think they're going to win 83 or 84 games. And I think that's going to be the best division of baseball all season. What's crazy, too, Tim, is like the Rays have lost Springs for the year. They've lost Rasmussen for the year. Glasnow hasn't pitched yet. For, for Toronto, Alec Manoa has been pretty awful so far. I, I picked him as my Cy Young. I, that looks really bad at the moment. And yet those teams are winning. It's, it seems like whoever the Rays put into pitch, we talk about the Guardians developing pitching. The Rays are even better. It's like whoever they throw in there pitches well. 
It's crazy. Yeah, it's really amazing how well they draft, but also how well they develop. And yeah. pitchers go there and suddenly get better. Kevin Cash, the manager, has something to do with that. Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, does. Their analytics department is really, really good. But there is a concern now. Jeffrey Springs with uh, Tommy John and Tyler Glass now coming back from Tommy John and Drew Rasmussen is hurt. And I'm not suggesting there's anything nefarious going on here, but that's a troublesome situation that all these pitchers go there, get better real good and real quickly, but then a bunch of them get hurt. I'm not sure where that connection is. It's wild. Again, uh, Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, the Guardians and Mets this, this Sunday, baseball tonight before that. Tim, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you thanks, so much. Tim. Appreciate it. Okay, fellas, thanks. And I'll see you in Cleveland on July the 4th. I'm doing a Braves-Guardians game on the radio there, so I'll see you there if not before. Love it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, we Tim. Appreciate thanks, Tim. Have a good one. The great okay, guys. Tim Kirchin of ESPN. He's awesome. Uh, ESPN's baseball coverage is not what it used to be, but they they still have Tim Kirchin, who's as good as it gets. The yeah, best. They used to have everybody. They used to have yeah. Peter Tim Kirchin's the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they but, had all uh, them dudes. All right. What do you got for us, Anthony? All right, guys. So we're going to go into our next topic here, and we actually asked the internet – and every time we ask the internet, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. And all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, get a full benefit package, pull, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. And our question for the internet and for you guys today is, is it finally time for the Guardians to call up Bo Naylor? We put a community uh, poll up. 90% voted yes. I think they're going to be sitting here with you guys where it's a yes, right? Who's, whose phone is on? Who's be that UG? They keep going Come on. Come on, now you got to mute your phone. I <laughs> thought it was, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was you. <laughs> it <didn't> re- <laughs> this little chirp, it didn't reset. Yeah, look, look, you're sitting my ad You see it? How dare you? I mean, I, honestly, at this point, we t- we talked to Tim Kirch and he thinks they're going to give, he want, they want to give Zanino a little more chance to, to turn it around. I think he's crazy. I, I think Tim said a lot of things that were spot on there. Yeah. I think he's dead wrong on that. The fact that they haven't well, called up Bo Naylor yet, he didn't say me. whether it was the right move. He said that's what they're going to do right now. Well, then the Guardians, who do a lot of things right, yeah. are dead wrong on this one. You look at the numbers, and I know baseball is so subjective. As Tim said, you can get hot, you can get cold. Well, hey, Bo Naylor's been pretty good in AAA this year. Nine home runs, 37 hits. That's more than Cam Gallagher and Mike Snino combined times two. So you look at that alone, yeah. give me Bo Naylor. We talk about the pitching staff with the Guardians, how the young guys, uh, Bybee, Allen, and even Battenfield for a little bit, yeah. kind of sparked their rotation. Well, this offense is absolutely abysmal. Why not bring up a guy who at least you can see may be able to provide a spark for the rest of the guys in that lineup? And it, if nothing else, he can't be worse. He literally cannot be worse than what they've had. No, it's time. I, I think – I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they're waiting till June <clears throat> in terms of – all this contract nonsense, but they haven't really been doing that as Jason brought up yesterday and he's right. So, you know, they did sign Zanino, but they didn't pay him that much money. Um, And sometimes you're wrong and it's okay. Sometimes you're wrong. Honestly, they're probably going to give him another week or so, but by June 1st, if Zanino hasn't turned it around, I'd cut him. Not, not just cut him. Yeah. Cause Cam, I'd rather have Cam, Cam Gallagher's a backup catcher. Yes. You know, so you leave him as your backup, and um, 
I think Zanino, I think Zanino's shot. It looks like he's shot. Have you seen? He had a mi- serious. When they signed him, my concern was he had been a good power hitter in the past, and he had been a good defensive player in the past. And I was, but he had a really serious injury last year, and he's older. Yeah. And he got off to a hot start with the bat. Remember the first two weeks yeah. he was hot. He had more doubles in like three games than yeah. Austin Edges had in three. Red hot for two weeks, yeah. but he's now he looks completely done. How old is he? He's not know. that that old. But catchers but get older catchers quicker. older quicker. And, if, gee, have you seen his May stats? I know you're a big stats guy. And if we pull up the catcher stat graphic I made, Zanino's 0 for 27 with 21 strikeouts in May. Oh, no, no, no. We 0 for 27 nah. with 21 strikeouts we, in May. I, I, he bull. was my backup catcher on my fantasy baseball bull. team. I just cut him this morning. Bull. 0 for 27 with when, 21 when, strikeouts. When, when, you got, when you got 21 strikeouts yeah. out of 27 plate appearance, that means you're not even up going up there with an approach. No, no, no. That means you're just swinging at pitches, bro. There's no, there's no, there, no, no, unacceptable. <laughs> he should have already been chilling, and I was going to wait till Memorial Day, but yeah. listen, when you play baseball, listen, you, you're not even up there with, like, you know, third base coach say, listen, hey, get in there and, and hit your pitch. That is, I mean, that's like record-breaking. Yes. For and guess what? The one came yesterday. <laughs> I did it? Yes. Cam Gallagher had an RBI single yesterday. They were 0 for... I guess they were. He was one for three yesterday, so they were zero for forty-three heading into yesterday with oh, one that's RBI. Combined. That's, combined. that's combined. That is Zanino and Gallagher combined. Zanino by himself in fifteen games in May is zero for twenty-seven with twenty-one shots. That, that is so. unacceptable. Like that. Like at the end of the day, if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You owe it to your team to put somebody in there that at least has Thank a you. shot. Thank yeah. you. You owe it to the other guys because at the end of the day, they 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 looking at those numbers just like you are. They know what the guy is, and, and if you see a guy killing it down there, and it just ha- so happens to be somebody's brother on the team, yeah. you know they really know. Like man, we mean. And, and I so guys, Mike Zanino, on on April tenth, he had three hits. Then two. Then three days later, on the is uh, three games later. He had two hits on April 16th. He has, so that's four, five, he has 14 hits all season. So. Yeah, since April 16th, he has four hits. Oh, yeah. hell no. Four, now, and I think three of the four are singles. And, and I do want to make one thing clear. Triple-A yeah. stats and major league stats of course, totally are, different. are different. And, yeah. and you can't look at them apples to apples and say, if of he's doing this not. here, it's not going to be there. So when you see the Bo Naylor stats. No, but, but here's the thing. Bo Naylor is having a great season. He is a top prospect, so it's not like he's coming out of he nowhere. He was a first-round pick. He yeah. was on the squad last year. It's time. It is time. In the end, you know, maybe they're going to wait another week. Who knows? It's time to call him up and make him the everyday catcher. That's why he cut Zanino. Yeah. Move on from him. My guess is they'll keep Zanino and get rid of Cam Gallagher. I, I don't think it really matters. I'd get rid of I, – I think Zanino's cooked. He's 32 years old, which is not that old. But for a catcher, it's there's older. not a lot of catchers that, that are really good past 32. Yeah. There's some special guys that are, but like it's the rare one. Yeah, it's the, yeah, he's yeah. done. He can't play in the field. He's terrible in the field. It's kind of crazy at this point. Like the Guardians have been getting essentially zero from catchers since Roberto Perez and Jan Gomes. Yeah. yeah, and it's been a number of years since those guys. Now, 
and those guys gave you some production, and those guys gave you great defense. But Hedges was useless. Maley is useless. At least Hedges gave you a good pitch call. Now, <laughs> Hedges, by the way, everybody's like, he's great defensively. No, he was great at pitch calling. He couldn't throw anybody out either, Fact. and he couldn't hit. Fact. He's not a ma- he shouldn't be a major leaguer. Well, you know what's funny, Zanino right now. We, looked at, we had this conversation multiple times last year. Yeah. The Guardians catching combination of Maley and Hedges yeah. was historically bad. Yeah. And somehow they got worse this year. Yeah, yeah. And somehow they actually it downgraded from. They went from like a, a one to a point five. That's what I'm I mean, saying. That's what they've got. We went from his, what we were calling historically bad historically to, bad historically bad. to catastrophically well, well, that, historically bad. That just bad. goes to show you, like, you can't. So they get nothing, <laughs> nothing in terms of any sort of production offensively from center field. They don't get anything behind the plate. Yeah. Very little for right field. Very little for right field. And yeah. your left fielder, which is a power position, they're using that like a like yeah. if if, well, if Quan played center field, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Right, yeah. Quan's good, but he's there's no power. And you're not getting any power on a shortstop either, because no. Rosario doesn't hit for power either. And even Ramirez's power has been down so they, they, who's their leading home run hitter? Naylor? I think Naylor was four. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Or five, four Twenty four home runs is is Batshit crazy. They played. Mean, they played forty-three games now. Yeah, they're averaging That's a half a home half run a home per run game. per game in today's era of baseball, yeah, I mean, where everyone you is can't hitting be home that run. low. You can't consistently score runs when you're hitting one home run every two games. I, I wanted mean, to ask Tim if you th- if he thinks the Guardian small ball style of play is sustainable, not just to win a division in a bad AL Central, but can you win a World Series like that and bad job out of me? I don't. Even, I don't even think they can sustain it two years in a row playing like that because, it, like, some of the hits you hit, you get, you hit it right at somebody, right? Or you found a hole somewhere, or it's a bloop single. Like in baseball, sometimes people clean that up. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, guys. I think you. I disagree. I don't think there's enough teams to do it, so we don't have enough of sample size. Here's the thing: they're not doing it though. Right? Yeah. They're not. It's not. But we said last year they hit for average and did all these golf They're not. They're, they're second, not doing that. They're 28th in the league and, in and average. They're failing at that. Therefore, and I don't idea, think it's sustainable. And by the way, by the way, I'm just going to say it. I hate to say it, but as usual, I was right. I had my man Jay Crawford and all the Miles Strawites <laughs> telling me he's having a great spring training. He's having a great spring training. He bull waited him out. And then the first couple of weeks of the season, he, he, he was hot. started hot. To his credit. And what do his numbers look like now? The same as they always do. Yeah. No power. Regress. No hitting. I, I, I've got I've got basically three spots. Again, last year you had center field, no production. Catcher. DH, no production, and catcher, no production. No. Now it's changed. Josh Bell's been okay since his awful start. Okay, he's been yeah. okay. Uh, but he's not been as good as we hoped. And so they're getting nothing. You know, DH is better than last year, but catcher is worse, if you can believe that. Uh, but it was crap both. Center field, you're getting the same lousy nothing. And you get nothing out of right field last year. At least yeah. Oscar Gonzalez gave you production. You want to hear a funny little tidbit on the uh, catcher stats, by the way, the historically bad catcher stats? Yeah. So they have two RBIs. In, in May. Yeah. Zanino's one came on a base loader walk. Mm-hmm. Right, and then yeah. Cam Gallagher's was a single. So it's yeah. not even two real hits that led to RBIs. It was a single. Well, one and hit. And, and I'm going to give you 50%. I wasn't was going to say it, but I think you're, start, you're starting to see the decline of Jose Ramirez. I, I think, think so. I, I'm not I, buying I, it yet. I, it. I think you're not, you're not going to see a jump off a, a roof, but I'm thinking – I don't think he. You're starting to see a decrease in power. 
You starting I think it's too early. You, you it's starting, too much track record. I, hey, listen, how old if is he? If he finishes the season with 16 home runs, then – but I got to see. I, how, I think he could get red hot with home how, runs. How old is he? Like 29, I think. 28, 29. Yeah, I don't think he's – but he, I mean, is he a good, is he a good in shape? 28, 29? He ain't never been a, uh, nah, he's never been in great he's shape. He's never been in great shape. I, I got to see it. I'm not, right. I can't write off his power this All early, right. but it's been disappointing. I'm with you there. What's we up, have our Anthony? next guest. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.